Welcome to episode three in our Simplicity in Mothering podcast series. Today, we are talking about small steps towards a simpler life. Enjoy. Hey, mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for you to guide you through. Let's take some time for you. It's pregnancy with Hi, mothers, and welcome back to episode three in our three-part Simplicity in Mothering podcast series. So this is the final episode today with the incredible Jodie Wilson. You can find her on Instagram at Practicing Simplicity. She is a yoga teacher, a doula, a mum of four, and an incredible author to two amazing books, Practicing Simplicity and The Complete Australian Guide to Pregnancy and Birth. So make sure you go and check her out if you love this interview series and you want to learn more from her, go and check her out. Today's episode is all about small steps towards a simpler life. So we're talking about being more present in your life, the power of slowing down and appreciating the small things, the importance of nature and how grounding that can be to your nervous system, why Jody doesn't like the word self-care, and instead prefers essential care, the power of rest, and practical steps that you can do right now after you finish listening to this podcast episode towards a simpler life, to take you towards making your life more simple. Because that's why you clicked on this episode, because you want that. So we've got some really practical tips that you can do from today to really start moving towards a simpler life. Now, if you haven't already, in your own time, go back and listen to episode one and two because we covered Jodie's journey and how she got to doing this work. She packed up her family for children and she went on a caravan trip for two and a half years and she learned so much from that journey, from getting out of that busy, busy, busy rat race mentality to choosing a very slow and intentional life in Tasmania. Definitely go listen to her story. And then in episode two, we talk about being where you are. So really leaning into the season that you're in right now, particularly when the thickness of motherhood can be overwhelming, removing the distractions, being present in your life. It's a really powerful series. So when you can, go back and listen to episode one and two in this series. Um, And I would love to hear from you once you've finished listening to this podcast episode. Come on over to at PhysioLaura and let me know what small step are you going to take today to live a simpler life. I would so love to hear from you. I will share mine quickly. I wrote my to-do list this morning. Instead of just writing one mammoth to-do list, I broke it up into little sections. So I had, what do I have to do for the podcast? What do I have to do for, I'm not going to mention it, but some upcoming projects I have that I'm releasing. What do I need to do with my husband? And what do I need to do for my life admin? So that I could see it in all the different boxes of my life rather than it being overwhelming in one big list, I broke it up into the different subheadings that my life, you know, brings about. And it's so easy. And guess what? I'm ticking them all off. Everything feels simpler and that is working for me. So that is what I'm doing to live a simpler life for me today. So I'd love to hear from you over at Physio Laura. Let me know what step are you taking today to live a simpler life. Now, enjoy this episode, ladies. Have you found it challenging? Like you did say, obviously, children bring in home stuff. That's part of what they do. But have you found it challenging to now transition to a home? Have you had to really butt up against your old ways of living? Or have you found it's been like a really natural transition into a simple life from the road? I think we were really ready to settle when we did decide to settle. 
And we've really intentionally settled in a small town so that I don't have to get in the car all the time. So one of the best parts about traveling in the caravan was that we'd park up in a small town and then we'd walk everywhere. And we loved that about traveling. And it was, we did a slow travel and we weren't really out to tick places off the list. We just wanted to spend time together. That's ultimately why we traveled. Mm. We just wanted to slow right down and spend time together. And that looked like parking in a very charming, but definitely not on the highlight map town in whatever state we were in and just shopping at the local shops, swimming at the local beach or in the local river, very much embracing that local kind of vibe and not getting in the car every day to drive places. So that was something we really wanted to create for ourselves here. And I think it's particularly apt with teenagers Mm -hmm. because Teenagers want to do a lot of things and I really don't want to spend my life driving here, there and everywhere. And we've also only got one car, Mm. again, as a choice. So we live in a town where the kids can walk or catch the bus to school. My teenager walks to work. We are very privileged to walk four four minutes down to the beach. Um, I can go to the library and the post office and the grocery store and the fruit and veg. Very happy with the little town that we live in. But it's interesting you talking about settling in a home because obviously you need furniture and it costs a lot of money to ship things from New South Wales to Tasmania because it's got to come on a boat. So we had kept a few things that we kept our beautiful dining table, which is a very old and I'd salvaged from an old cottage that was being knocked on and we'll have that forever. But we went, I think it was seven months without a couch because I could not justify spending $3,000 on a new couch. (laughs) And so we just sat on camp chairs And I was like, and I literally got to check out about six times and I was like, I can't do it. I cannot justify. And at that time we were still in the process of trying to get approved for a mortgage, which when you're a freelance writer who has lived on the road for two and a half years is not an easy feat. But we got there in the end and now we live in a beautiful home. What Um, couch did you get? We got, oh, yeah, the couch. We got a $250 couch off Facebook Marketplace. Amazing. And it's not like my ideal, but guess what? It's totally comfortable. It's easy to clean. It's it, Four children can fit on it. And then yeah. six weeks later, two beautiful Freedom armchairs came up on Marketplace again. <laughs> And I snapped them up and that was our lounge room done. Perfect. I love <laughs> um, that. For under $800, we got all of those. I love that. Lounges so- and armchairs. So I think ultimately it's about patience and it's about resisting that immediate urge of satisfaction, which is how we shop now. It's instant mm. gratification, isn't it? Yeah. We can shop wherever we are have it on our doorstep within a few days and yeah I think we really need to pull back from that if we're intending to slow down because if we want to slow down perhaps that means working less and when we're working less we're earning less and thinking about ways to be more frugal and ultimately embracing the fact that secondhand and pre-loved is 
I think ultimately the way we should all be moving forward, even though for a lot of people that is not in their vocabulary. But in saying that, I read an article yesterday that said that there are so many more people shopping up shops now, particularly mm. in really urban environments, that the prices have increased significantly, mm. that the people that actually really need to shop in op shops can no longer afford it. And, I mean, I'm a big op shopper. I don't I only go in there to buy what I need now. I don't feel like I... And just collecting things. Yeah. For instance, last week I bought maple syrup in bulk and I, there is no way I was going to let the bulk jug of maple syrup land on the kitchen table of a morning <laughs> with four kids. So I got myself a little maple syrup pourer, which is very cute and cost me $3. But stuff like that, stuff that we need and that has a purpose. But the whole, yeah, the the pre-love market is very interesting at the moment. But it's one that I'm sure you will embrace on the road. Oh, it's cold where we are now in this state. The kids all need an extra jumper. I'll just go to the op shop. It's totally, it's amazing. But I think it's also, if you do it a lot, you'll notice that there's just so much Kmart shit in op shops now which just goes to show and it just makes me so sad because the fashion industry is one of the most responsible for ecological damage and all these clothes that have been made by people that aren't paid very well with synthetic fabrics are being sold for five dollars and then they end up in op shops and I think the problem lies with the fact that sometimes the clothes that you can buy in Kmart are actually cheaper than the clothes that you can buy in op shops and so we're at this bizarre crossroads where and I think there are a lot of people in our communities that need to shop in Kmart Mm. and I'm glad it exists for them but I think if we if we have the privilege of choice coming back to that again how are we going to shop and where are we going to shop is a big one. And that was a major tangent that I just went on. But I feel no, like it's I really think it's pertinent. It's being intentional. It comes back yeah, to intention, totally. I think, and being really mindful. And I think that's the ethos of this conversation is how can we be more mindful with how we're living our lives and how we're buying things and how we're spending our time and what our calendars look like and being more intentional with our lives. And that includes consumerism and that includes buying things. So I'm curious to know, Jodie, you've obviously had this life-changing road trip experience and now you've taken all of these lessons into your home life now. Where are you at with your mental tabs, with your overwhelm, with your like feeling like this is not sustainable where are you at compared to Jody of what are we talking six years ago who was standing at the dishes thinking I can't keep doing this I'm a completely different person and it's because we live in a completely different way with very intentional priorities yeah so we live in a place Tasmania is there's a very slow pace here and I'm in a really small town so There's a very slow pace. And even though I can be quite busy writing books and I'm heading off on book tour next week, so I'm trying, getting organised for that. And I never feel, even if my work life is busy, I never feel like my life is really busy. I never feel like I'm needing to be here, there and everywhere. We've slowed right down and I am incredibly grateful every single day for that Um, but I'm also aware that 
it was the consequence of some very intentional choices along the way and some really necessary ones. But I could never go back to living a life where I had a diary full of schedules and obligations. And my children do swimming lessons one afternoon a week and then that's it. They go to a small school, which is really beautiful. They're all at the same school. When we hang out on the weekend, we walk down to the beach. I might get in my car twice a week. I know, again, that's an incredible privilege, but it's also, again, choice. It's choice, yeah. So, yeah, and we live in a 1950s home that we could spend a lot of money on to make it look prettier. But at the moment, we're just happy paying our mortgage and doing a few little jobs here and there. And I've got children sharing rooms and that's fine. We've got one bathroom. Again, that's fine because we don't want to get into debt by borrowing more money to do an extension and then to have the stress associated with that debt and having Mm. to work more to pay it. So we're okay with where we are. We're actually very grateful with with where we are. And, And I think that my window frames Mission Brown from the 80s <laughs> and my kitchen is actually quite ugly but it's really practical <laughs> and, yeah, look, it's I suppose it's just really saying no to that keeping up with the Joneses yeah. and, and being okay with what is and really also being grateful for all the good and there's so much good in our lives if we look for it. And I feel like when international disasters strike, like the earthquake in Syria, and then we go, oh, my gosh, we're so lucky. And we can't, like, why we're lucky. Like, our children are healthy and we've got access to clean water and we've got beautiful food in our fridge and we've got people that we love. And I can make a latte each day and enjoy it. And I can go to the library and borrow amazing books. And there are really amazing, beautiful things that if we are rushing around life, we just totally do not pay attention to them. And I think when we do slow down, we're just so much more aware because we've got that space to be grateful for all the joy in our life. Mm -hmm. And that's something I never really want to lose sight of. I remember when I used to practice gratitude when I was much busier and rushy and it used to be the big grandiose things I'm grateful for our health and I'm grateful for our shelter and all of that whereas now I notice that when I do gratitude it's the micro moments throughout my day that I practice gratitude for because I have the space to be grateful for them so I notice things now that I've never noticed before like when it rained the other day I noticed it smelt different when I was going for a bike ride Mm. and I notice. I can tell how hot my cacao is by how much steam is coming out of it. Like I never would have ever noticed steam coming out of my cup years ago. And I notice exactly how my kids' faces change depending on how they're feeling. And I notice all these things happening in nature. Like I find myself often just looking around with a smile on my face because I'm really present to life now. And that's a really beautiful feeling because you can see beauty everywhere. And I imagine you in your ugly kitchen still find a lot of beauty because you're present and available to life and all the things that are happening within that ugly kitchen. And I think that's a really beautiful place to land. 
And I'm wondering because you it's are. what our children, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, but it's what our children teach us because they just focus on the minute. They mm-hmm. focus on the trail of ants on the pavement and on what a leaf feels like when they crush yeah. it in their hands. And like when they're at the beach, they fully crouched down on the sand and immerse themselves in it. Whereas if you look at the adults, they're all standing. Yeah. They have um, the full sensory just, experience, children. Yeah. yeah. And it's follow their lead. It's so good for your physical body to yes. crouch and to be crawl with them. But it's also grounding. And that's a word that came up a lot for me on the trip is that when I'm in nature and when I'm immersing myself in that and I'm, when I'm focusing on the tiny details, like you say, it's an incredibly grounding practice. I love that. And yeah, and I like coming back to so obviously yeah. it can be easy to. I know you talk about it like your yes, your life is simple, and yes, your life is great. And I think that's because you have that attitude. But realistically, you still have four children, you still run a business, you still do all this work. So I'm curious to know what do you do for self care, and what daily practices and rituals do you have to make sure that you are always looking after you. I really hate the term self-care because I think it's been hijacked by, well, it was a really interesting discussion when Sophie and I were writing the book because we were just like self-care has been hijacked by massages and pedicures and all those things outside of the home that cost money. And that's just a consumerist kind of slogan. They've taken that. And so Sophie and I thought long and hard because language is really powerful and I think it's incredibly powerful in pregnancy, birth and motherhood. So we've called it essential care because it's actually non-negotiable. Yeah, and it's not so a luxury, for me, extra. Exactly, and it should not have to cost you money because I think that's where it's really challenging for a lot of people. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that, are really quite concerned about their finances right now because we're living in such a expensive time. But there's so many ways that you can take care of yourself. And really, I think essential is a good word to have in your brain as well, because you're like, this is essential for my well-being. And so that what I'm doing is sustainable. So drinking enough water, moving your body in a way that feels good. And I think the major one for me, and this kind of circles back to that whole idea of burnout, is rest and not ever feeling guilty for resting. And that could look like just lying on the floor of your lounge room while Bluey's on, spread eagle, like total starfish on the floor, lying on your back, and then bring one hand to your heart and one hand to your belly and just breathe. And just be really, and you've got 10 minutes. I know you've got 10 minutes. We'll tell ourselves that we do not have 10 minutes and there's far more pressing issues, but you've got 10 minutes to lie down and just focus on your body and your breath and let the floor hold you. And you can do that on the sand or the grass as well. And there's so many different areas of rest. So step away from screens, get away from that that busy FOMO (laughs) that's shouting at you through your screen, go to bed early, leave the dishes and just go to bed early. Take a nap when your child naps. And I know that's so much easier said than done if you've got 
multiple little people. But the 10 minutes on the floor is actually a really powerful way to rest as well. Sometimes we just need that 10 minutes. Social rest. So perhaps saying no to the social gathering this weekend and just having a day with no plans. There's a beautiful picture book by Jane Godwin and Anna Walker called Today We Have No Plans. And I highly recommend you going to the library and reading it with your children and plan a no plan weekend once a month. Just that way and not scheduling anything. And they're all of the things I really live by. So rest is so important to me. Sleep is so important. Downtime is really important. Um, And I think it's probably a little bit easier for me with slightly older children. But sometimes all I need is an hour alone just to really... I feel as a a bit of an introvert, I definitely need that. Mm. Yeah, so move your body, rest, drink enough water so you're not living on coffee, on Mm. cold coffee. Yeah, I think they're the three major ones. And also I suppose the big one is reach out for support if you feel like you need it because Mm. there's a lot of us that are really struggling mentally and emotionally. And I think establishing a really honest discussion with a trusted GP is a great first step towards that. And if you are in the first few years of motherhood, get your bloods done and and really see where your iron levels and your vitamin D levels are at and really don't let your doctor tell you otherwise. I know recently there was a big call out of 5,000 GPs across Australia were asked to stop doing blood tests for thyroid and iron and vitamin D. And they were mainly targeted to female GPs because obviously they work in women's health. And so sometimes you really do need to advocate for yourself in that space and just say, actually, no, I'd really like my Because pathology tests cost so much. Okay. Yeah, so there's a lot of there's a lot of articles online about it, but it is a thing. So if you go to a bulk billing GP, they're probably a bit more unlikely just to do a blood test just to check up on those levels because of those letters. So mm. I think we do need to advocate for ourselves as women and mothers. And I know if I hadn't have advocated for myself with my low iron, persistent low iron, I would probably still be an undiagnosed celiac and getting sicker by the year without really even knowing it. So, yeah. I love that. And I think I agree. I put a podcast out recently on self-care and it's been one of the most popular episodes because I spoke to the same thing you spoke to where Self-care does not have to be expensive. Self-care does not have to be on your own either because I used to have this Mm. notion that self-care had to be me being away from my children, being away from my husband. Separated, yeah. Correct. Or it had to be a big chunk of time, like a a night away or a good hour massage or whatever it is. And then I realized that self-care was always at arm's length for me and not easily accessible. And so it's only uh, every now and again thing. And that just wasn't going to cut it for me to really be able to look after myself. And what resonated most with women was that self-care could be with your children, with them around you. You can still Mm. be looking after yourself and that it can be free. So it can be enjoying your morning cup of tea with your children running around you, or it can be doing your starfish 10 minutes while they watch Bluey or whatever it needs to be. But just knowing that you don't operate if you don't look after yourself well. And that means that your whole family dynamic doesn't operate at its best either because you are such an important part of that family piece. So Mm. making sure you look after you 
outside of what we're told is self-care, but truly just looking after you is really important. And I know you mentioned it before, but nature can be so powerful for that as well. So getting out in the sun, putting your feet on the earth, I always find that makes a huge difference to how I'm feeling. So Jodie, before we wrap up, going back to where you were, I just picture you at this mound of dishes feeling stressed and overwhelmed. And I know that so many women listening to this podcast right now are in the exact same boat. Obviously you've been on quite the journey, but what advice or tips of words of wisdom would you give to that woman listening to this right now as a starting point? Like where to from today? What could be some of the really practical, tangible things someone could start doing right now today to move towards a simpler life? I think taking stock of what matters to you is really powerful. So just ask yourself, what matters to me right now? Do the dishes matter to me or does going outside and getting fresh air matter to me more? And I think it comes back to that whole idea of juggling. Like what's most important in this moment right now? And then really coming into your body as well. So just Right now, you can roll your shoulders back and down. You can swallow to relax your tongue in your mouth. Beautiful, Laura. (laughs) Just take a few deep breaths and let out some sighs. And you'll notice that if you start doing that once a day, that soon you'll just, oh, I might do that twice a day. And it just becomes a habit. So ultimately, life is all about the little habits and rituals that we create for ourselves. The next one, and it's a really simple one, but its effects are really profound and that's to meal plan so that you just totally let go of the what's for dinner tonight mental tab because it's a really big one. Mm. And you can literally sit down with a cup of tea again while blue is on (laughs) if need be and a notepad or your phone, write down what you're going to make for dinner for the next seven nights. And then that decision has been made and you can really feel like, oh my gosh, I feel like I could take on the world right now because I know what I'm cooking for dinner for the next seven nights. Yeah, And sometimes it's about choosing the easy option. So none of us are living perfect, simple lives without stress. And sometimes I really do want to use up all the veggies that are in my fridge so that I don't waste food. But sometimes I just do not have the mental, emotional or physical capacity to do that. And so I'll order takeaway and I'm not going to feel guilty for that. So I think really living simply and living mindfully ebbs and flows with the demands of our lives. And that's just all about being where you are and honouring where you are and going, okay, this week is really hard and I'm just going to choose the easy option all week and I will not feel guilty for it. And if that means going to bed so that at least I get an extra hour's sleep, going to bed early, I'm going to choose that option, even if the house is chaotic. And I think lastly, family homes are not tidy homes. (laughs) And I think Instagram will tell us otherwise, but I'll clearly remember a few months ago I put a picture of my fridge on my Instagram stories because we'd moved because there when we moved into this house there wasn't room for my fridge in the kitchen so it lived in the laundry. And so Daniel pulled apart a few of the late 90s cupboards so that we could fit the, the fridge in. And I took a photo of it on Instagram stories. And the response was overwhelming. 
in that so many people said it is so refreshing to see a normal kitchen. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my gosh, we're just living these normal lives in normal family homes with all the mess and the secondhand things and the broken cupboard handles. And here's us thinking that everyone else is living in showrooms and Mm. it's not true and we need to be okay with that. And I definitely am okay with that. And I used to be the person that really wanted the perfect home and now I would much prefer a happy home. Yeah, exactly. And so I think being okay with what you've got and where you are and I suppose just choosing to focus on the remarkable ordinary of your everyday life and being grateful for it. I think they're all the little things that you can do to live a bit more simply and with a little less pressure. And also if you feel like cancelling appointments or schedules or obligations, just cancel them. If you open your diary at the beginning of your week and you just feel this sense of dread, then you're doing too much. Yeah, absolutely. I love all of that. I think that's such a beautiful message to send the listeners off with, Jodie. So thank you so much. You've personally inspired me on my journey of living simpler and packing up our lives and going on a trip. And again, just to remind everyone though, this that's also not the point of this though. It's not about you need to go live in a caravan to be able to be present mm-hmm. and connect and live a simple life. But obviously these are just the lessons that you've learned from that experience. And this is an experience that calls me as well. And it's not going to be for everyone, but I think the message is beyond where you live and what you do. And it's about really tuning in, like you said, to yourself, to your body, to your environment, being more present to life. So yeah, I love it. I thank you so much for joining us. I thank you for sharing your wisdom and I will put all the places that people can find you in the the outro to this podcast interview. So thank you so much for joining us, Jodie. Oh, it was so good, Laura. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Hello, mamas. I so hope you love this final episode in our Simplicity in Mothering podcast series. I'm always a bit sad when a series comes to an end, but Come on over to App Physio Laura and please let me know what was your favorite part about this series? What do you love about the concept of simplicity in mothering? And what small steps are you going to take today to step you towards a simpler life? I would so love to hear it. I I love living a simpler life. I have gone from being a very, very busy mental person. You know, like in my head, I'm always busy. People used to ask me, what have you been up to? Oh, you know, busy, busy, busy. And I'm really enjoying the pace in which my life is at at the moment. The schedule that I have right now for both me and my children and my family, it feels so good. I feel so available to life and I highly recommend it to anybody who's feeling a bit overwhelmed or anxious or stressed or like they've got too much on their plate to really listen to this series and try and take just a couple of things out of it that you can implement today. So come on over to at Physio Laura and let me know what your biggest takeaways were. I so love hearing what you got out of the podcast series. And if you'd like to connect with Jodie, go and find her over at Practicing Simplicity. She has a wonderful email list you can join where she sends out five tips for simplicity every week. So that's a really good place to start as well. And if you are pregnant right now and you are craving some simplicity, reduce all the distractions from all the noise, all the opinions, all the advice, and you just want to come to one hub which has it all. We cover pretty much everything inside the Pregnancy Posse, weekly workouts. I have a vlog in there of all my personal pregnancy updates. So you can kind of feel like you're on the journey with me. 
a resources library with pelvic floor exercises, pelvic pain, how to manage back pain, how to wear compression garments, all of the things. If you're craving a one-stop hub, come and join me inside The Pregnancy Posse. You can find out more at thepregnancyposse.com and you can trial the program for seven days. But wherever you are now, Mama, I hope you are taking one teeny, 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 tiny step towards a simpler life today.